Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Monday morning, and that might be the understatement of the year in Northeast Ohio. You heard it all on ESPN 850 WKNR. Welcome inside. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. Here's the deal, fellas, before we get into your weekend. Just think about this from a calendar perspective. The greatest day in Browns history, recent Browns history, March 23rd, 1998. That's the day the NFL said, welcome back, Cleveland. You've got an NFL team. They played their first game the following year, March 23rd, 1998. Welcome back. I think it's pretty clear. The second greatest day in recent Browns history, at least of this incarnation, came yesterday on Sunday, January yes, 10th, yes, when sir. they won their first playoff game in more than a quarter century. The fellas are ready to more go. More Baker Mayfield commercials, Zubin. Here no, they come. No, Let's go. No doubt about it as they get ready for the Chiefs. So that's the calendar perspective. The return and then the return to prominence, literally speaking, yesterday. Fellas, let's just talk about Super Wild Card Weekend, a weekend almost unlike any other. Three great games. Saturday, three more Sunday. College Football National Championship tonight. We are packed with football. And fellas, how did you enjoy the weekend? Football overload, to say the least. It was good, man. It was the weekend was it was football wasn't an overload, though, right? I mean, it's that's what we do. We, We love to watch the games. We love to sit down and critique everything and listen to the narratives as they set, you know. So I had the mega cast yesterday, the film room with Bruce, Teddy Bruschi and Matt Hasselback and Coach Rex Ryan and Booker McFarland. So we had a chance to break down the games, look at plays, rewind them, why certain things happen. That was fun. Having the opportunity to do that yesterday was a lot, a lot of fun. Prior to that, I, you know, did a little shopping early on, Zubin, in the beginning of the week. Had, you know, go get some some food for my weekend and I did, in fact, bring my bags along with me. So <laughs> I didn't bring them to the studio. I brought them inside the car as we went to do a little bit of shopping. And that's pretty much it. We're shocked about what happened last night. Not, not you know, shocked, but kind of, Jay, just, you know, anything could happen. But let's be honest with each other. None of us saw that happen. Not that. Not that, Key. I'm with you. I mean, first quarter. 28 to nothing. You're like, what, what, what is going on? I mean, I, it feels like the Bills Colts game was a year ago. That's how the weekend feels, like, I guess, from the overload, right? And, I, I, and coming into Sunday, I was like, oh, well, that's a game that we're obviously going to be talking about. Obviously, the Bills I th- had some issues. I thought they looked good, but didn't run the ball. I think their defense was questionable at times. And now we're sitting here talking about the Browns going against the Kansas City Chiefs. And damn, they look. I mean, it's just what, what a difference a year makes, Key. From the immaturity that we saw last year to how mature this team handled everything that happened this past week, and for them to come out the way they did against the Steelers, it just kudos to them, man. My hat's off to Cleveland. But that's all. But that all starts with the front office and Andrew Barry, along with Kevin Stefanski, bringing a different type of mindset. So now you can hand that off. Now you remember the Cleveland Browns have been preparing for not necessarily losing. The, the number of coaches and players that they lost for this particular game in the, in the wild card situation in the postseason, but they had prepared one of the handful of teams that had prepared at the beginning of the year for the what ifs. So they, they, they did that already kind of like saying to themselves, something could happen. We need to be prepared. We need to have this situation take shape. If, if for some reason 
we need to have an interim head coach. For some reason, we need to have an interim offensive line coach because Bill Callahan wasn't there. They needed to figure out how to do do it, and they did it. You know, they did it at the beginning of the season. So when it when it came to them, they were prepared like nobody else. And look, a lot of us counted them out, like Baker Mayfield said, the moment that they lost Kevin Stefanski. The first thing he says, "Well, it's over." Of course, who in their right damn mind would think that a team that hasn't practiced all week long? with no head coach, missing coaches on their staff, and some players that are key in certain spots, they don't have them, would go out there and hang 28 points immediately on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody. Nobody. That's why my friends were texting me throughout the night and saying, I got it wrong. They should have bet the house on it. I said, well, yeah, next time go bet the house on it. Don't listen to me. Just you, you go bet the house on it and see what happens. Because no, there's no way you thought 48-37 would be the score at the end of the game. You can't – there's no way you could tell me that. I mean, just the way – I mean, we're showing the footage here just off that snap, right, by Pouncey, bad snap. They recover in the end zone, then an interception. Uh, you know, it, it's – watching Ben Roethlisberger the other day, Key, like four picks in the game. I, I think two of them were really bad throws. I think one was tipped and everything else. But it just – man, they look bad. Look, and, and I know they've been spiraling out of control, losing their last four or five games, but it just, I mean, them being down in that ball game, it was just Cleveland just felt like they were on this mission just to tear them apart the whole game. And, and it, it did feel that way, Zubin. It, it certainly felt like that Pittsburgh smelled blood in the water and they went after it like a pack of wild dogs. I mean, that's just the way that they approached it and they didn't take their foot off the pedal, although – at times late in the game, I thought that they were going to Cleveland Brown it. And, you know, I started sitting on the edge of my couch and saying, I know they need, they're not getting ready to give this away. That's what you thought coming in, especially with the history of the Browns. A couple of points here before we hear from Baker and Mayfield, who has every right to crow. First things first, as you mentioned, no Kevin Stefanski missing a ton of their offensive weapons. They scored more points than any other team on Super Wild Card Weekend. Think about it. Nobody was more decimated on offense than Cleveland, yet they scored more points than any of the other teams we saw on Saturday or Sunday. Shout out to Coach Prefer, who was in there for Coach Stefanski. He's a Cleveland native, grew up a Browns fan. I could only imagine what was coursing through his veins to take over in a spot like that as a kid who lived and died with the Browns growing up in Northeast Ohio, and he's the guy that snaps the streak. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here's Baker Mayfield. You might remember earlier in the week, Juju essentially said, hey, man, it's the same old Browns, even if it doesn't look like it. Mm. Let's just say some of those comments were bad juju for the Steelers and nothing but great energy for Baker and the Browns. It wasn't about that specifically. Yeah, it's the same quote, but uh, we believe in the people in this room no matter what's going on. Uh, As soon as the... The COVID news came out uh, that we were missing some key guys, obviously starting with our head coach. Um, We knew that everybody was counting us out, and we knew what mentality we were going to have. And it's just to cut it loose and and go out there and give it everything we had. But uh, there was no added pressure. There was no extra anything. Uh, It was just for us to go out and do our job because uh, no one believed in us besides us. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Key Ben Roethlisberger threw for... 501 yards didn't matter and was seen crying on the sidelines 
after the game. Is that a message? Does that mean something? I guess we'll have to wait and see, huh? No, I wouldn't start reading into that. 501 yards of garbage. That's that's not a real 501 <laughs> yards. Okay? He, he they, So let's not look at the statistical side of it. And he probably was feeling like he let his team down. Um, he hurt the team, whether it was two ill-advised throws and two tips or whether it was four ill-advised throws, whatever the case may be, he didn't do enough for his team to win. And, and sometimes that emotion, those emotions that you have start to seep out based on how you're feeling at that moment in time that, you know, you're thinking about it and, and you're, you're bounced and you know you probably should have beaten a Cleveland team. But look, are, are the Cleveland Browns more talented than the Pittsburgh Steelers? I would say yes last night because, remember, Pittsburgh's missing some defensive players. There's no, you know, they're missing guys. And when you miss players – it, 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 the guys that you didn't think, the Devin Bushes of the world, when you didn't think that they mattered, now you see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they did what they wanted to do when they touched the football, especially that Nick Chubb. I mean, I, it's not that I forgot about him, but, you know, you, you kind of forget about how good a guy was in college at Georgia. It, even in the pros, you see him on a weekly basis in the regular season, but you're watching – 10 other games at once. Now you have the opportunity solely in a primetime matchup to be able to just isolate on that one back, and then you see why he's been as dominant as he's been, both in pass catching as well as in running the football. So when you look at the offensive weapons and Landry and, and, and Hooper, the tight end, and, and um, Higgins, the other receiver, they had some playmakers on the field for them on the offensive side of the ball last night. Now, they had a mixed match of offensive linemen at times in and out of the lineup, but when you up 28 donut, it's hard to surrender that lead. All I'm saying, Zubin, I know this is only seen on the surface and can be used optically as motivation, but you know when you play against the Browns, you have a chance to knock them out, even though a lot of your starters are not playing, and the Browns win, they find a way to win that game, and then you give them motivation. You you say things like like Juju Smith Schuster said, even though I know it's been said before. Um, you put yourself in a precarious situation. It seemed like the Steelers coming into that ball game were a little bit more cocky and more arrogant than what they have been before. Twenty eight donut after the first quarter to add to it. Key last thing, Jay, for you. I know you'd appreciate this. The over under in the game was forty seven. The Browns scored forty eight <laughs> by themselves on the way. The most impressive team of Super Wild Card Weekend was the team that played in the closest game? We'll explain next on Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Those last comments, the words of John Harbaugh, Finally getting it done for Lamar Jackson. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. That includes the national champion, Greg McElroy. He will join us here in just about 14 minutes. There is another big football game tonight you may have heard about. In addition to the six we had over the weekend, Alabama and Ohio State. And Greg, of course, who led the tie to a championship a little over a decade ago, will join us. Let's see if Lamar can lead the Ravens to a championship. Key, I know you're all over me for the last couple of days and many other critics of Lamar Jackson saying he has yet to win a playoff game. Finally, those critics like myself and others can be silenced. And Key, I thought there was some symbolism. If you were watching the game yesterday on ABC and ESPN, I know you were in the film room with the fellas talking about it. What I thought was so apropos or maybe ironic, Lamar wanted this playoff win so bad he ran off the field with like 20 seconds to go. He wanted to claim that victory before the clock hit zeros. Then they had to run him back out from the tunnel, back onto the field to speak with Lisa Salters. He wanted that one so bad. He's got it. And as a result, they are moving on, and they've got a big date on this coming weekend with the Buffalo Bills. Well, I don't know if it was to go celebrate as much as it was. I don't want to get caught into the post-season, uh, the post-game uh, little tit-for-tat Scrummage that could have potentially taken place. You get your star players out of there, as I said on the Megacast yesterday. We don't need to shake hands. We can wave from a distance, go into the tunnel because we don't need – I got I got another game to play next week. But not on you, Zubin, but on the, the, the people that want to set a certain narrative about this young man's ability to win in the playoffs. He played in two damn playoff games in two seasons. Like, it's it, 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 I get it. Peyton Manning was 0-3 and went on, and he's in a hall. He's getting ready to go in the Hall of Fame. He was 0-3. His brother, Eli Manning, started off at 0-2 before he won his first playoff game. So these sort of things in these young careers, they happen. What the Baltimore Ravens did is they got back to Lamar Jackson-type football. They didn't care about all of the cutesy-cutesy, he needs to throw from the pocket, he needs to – no, go be the athlete. Go be the guy that we saw at Louisville Why we selected you in the first round. Just be a baller. Go out there and play street football. Go to the light pole, turn around, I'm going to throw it to you. I need y'all to block. I'm just going to drop back and I'm going to run. That, that's good enough to win football games in the National Football League. And quite frankly, it may be good enough to win a Super Bowl, believe it or not. Mm. Key, I, I looked up and I saw the score was 10 nothing, Tennessee, and I was like, well, that's over. That's over. Baltimore can't come back. 
You know, they're, they're going to start pounding the ball with Derrick Henry, time and possession. And I got to give the Baltimore Ravens defense so much credit to hold Derrick Henry. We know how incredible of a year Derrick Henry has had. To 40 yards on 18 carries speaks volumes about this defense. And I also go back to this on Ryan Tannehill. It was, it was interesting because it was, an, it was an assessment. And you would expect a guy like Ryan Tannehill, you know, two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, down 20 to 13. He has the ball in his hands. He throws the ball to Khalif Raymond across the middle. Raymond slips to get an interception, but they missed A.J. Brown. It was just interesting for me to see that decision-making key, right? You, you end up going to a, a, your wide receiver who's only been in the league for four years instead of going to A.J. Brown, who's had a spectacular season, one of the best wide receivers in the game, who you missed him on, on, the, on the opposite side, who was wide open. Um, those decision-makings just seem like it haunted Tennessee, not taking anything away from Baltimore because Baltimore played a hell of a game. But that decision down the stretch, I, I didn't expect that from a veteran quarterback. You go to a guy that you know is going to get the job done for you. Well, Matt Judon and, and Calais Campbell and the defensive side of the ball, when they're up front twisting and stunting and, and, and double blitz A-gapping and doing all the different things that they do from a defensive standpoint, you sometimes will put certain things in quarterbacks' heads. They'll hold the ball a little bit longer. And in terms of Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is a patient runner. If you stop him before he gets to the second wave of defender, then he's not, you know, he can't take advantage of the secondary. You bottle up, you bottle him up. Seven hats to the ball, eight hats to the ball at all times. As he's chopping those feet, trying to search and pick his way through a hole, you got to make sure you get off your blocks and you got to make sure that they're rallying, you're rallying to the football. And then if that happens, you can negate him and slow him down. That offense on goals as far as he's going to go. And I think Baltimore made up in their mind that that's exactly what they were going to do. They were going to knock him around as much as they can. They're not big hits, just four and five people jumping on the pile. And, and when a guy, JOPs, jump on pile, that's a good thing. Most of the times, it's a bad thing, but in this instance with a big back like that coming downhill at you, you don't want him to get going because he's a freight train. When he gets past the line of scrimmage, it's a different ball game. You hit him in the backfield or right at the line of scrimmage, it's a different, it's a different situation. And I think, you know, I think Mike Vrabel made some, some key mistakes in the game from a coaching standpoint, punting the ball on fourth and two opposed to going for it. Um, when you start to look at some of those decisions, it also attributed to Baltimore's win. And Zubin, I was okay with the Ravens dancing on the logo. I was okay with that. After the end of that game, for what they were able to go through, the way Tennessee did it last time they played, I was fine with it. No doubt about it. His key reference, they didn't shake hands after the Week 11 game. No need to do it yesterday. It's a brewing rivalry. We've seen the mid field stomp and what it means for respect and lack of respect last thing i would say think about this on december 2nd fellas not that long ago a little over a month ago december 2nd how fast does this league move the ravens were six and five and people were burying them six and five a little over a month ago they end the season by winning five in a row and now they're moving on to the divisional round of the playoffs incredible on the way more football a national champion will be crowned tonight and will alabama embarrassment of riches with weapons have another one a huge one back in their lineup for the first time since october passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Earlier in the day, Lamar Jackson beat the Titans for his first career playoff win. So Baker got his first career playoff win. And then Lamar earlier in the day did the same, a 2013 win over Tennessee. They'll get the Buffalo Bills next. And as I mentioned, more college football championship game tonight, Alabama, Ohio State on ESPN and ESPN radio coverage begins at 7 Eastern. Sports Center brought to you by Goodyear, whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat. Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected every upset touchdown or fourth quarter comeback and let it move you. No matter what the season throws your way, Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear, more driven. You know, I, I think this is more about this team and their journey to get to right here and what the final chapter or two is going to be. Another absolute rope thrown by Fields. Touchdown, Ohio State. Well, Ohio State's got another tough assignment on defense. 25 straight for Bama, scoring 35-plus. Smith, Jones, Harris, the triplets are tough to stop. Harris threw a whole left side. He's going to go all the way. And who will go all the way to the championship tonight? Miami Gardens, Florida will be the site again tonight on ESPN, ESPN Radio. And for more, we welcome in Greg McElroy, who knows a thing or two about winning a championship out of Alabama, was a BCS national champion for the Tide, Saban's first national championship team at Alabama. I want to just set the stage here before we bring Greg in to think about the greatness of Saban. Think about this if you're an Ohio State fan or an Alabama fan or a college football fan. Just let this settle for one second. Nick Saban is now in his 14th year at Alabama. This is the eighth time Alabama is playing for the national championship in 14 years. So more often than not, he has been in the championship game than anywhere else. More than 50% of seasons have ended playing for the national championship. It's head spinning. Let's welcome in Greg. Greg, Jalen Waddell, the do-everything dynamo, has been practicing, hasn't played since October 24th, could go tonight game time decision if he goes how does it impact the game well great to be with you guys and i i don't know if it's going to have as big of an impact as everyone seems to think because i don't know if jalen waddle is terrell owens he's the only person i could think of and i don't know if you guys went back through and thought over the years i'm sure sure key can probably attest to this 
if you're running a route and you're coming off a broken leg that's been in a cast for the better part of the last 10 weeks, how stiff is that right leg? Because to me, I think when I had a cast on my hand, I couldn't move my thumb with full range of motion for probably 12 weeks after the cast was actually removed. So Waddle right now is a freak of nature, but is he a freak of nature on the level of Terrell Owens, who after seven weeks, and breaking his leg in 2005, played in the Super Bowl. Seven weeks later, played 62 of 72 snaps, had nine catches for over 120. I don't know. I, what level of freak is Jalen Wild? All I know is if he's on the field, it's something that Ohio State will have to account for. Will he be the Jalen Waddle of old, the guy that could take it the distance every time he touches it? I don't know that. I really don't. I don't even know for sure if he's going to be available, but I do know that if he is and if he's on the field, you better account for number 17 because he's a handful when he gets the ball in his hand. Greg, in 2010, you played in the national championship game against Texas, had a little barbecue ribs on your body, but you <laughs> played in the game. Uh, Justin Fields has some injury. We don't know exactly what it is, um, but what challenges will he face with an injury against this Alabama defense? So on game day, I can remember it vividly, obviously. Uh, I didn't feel bad at all because I had it numbed up, Key. I mean, I was, it was numbed up. I got my shot. I, the Tyrod Taylor shot where they come to you beforehand and say, hey, just so you know, it could collapse your luck. I was like, Jeez. all right, bro, go. <laughs> yeah, not fun. Uh, long story short, got the shot, felt like a million bucks on game day. But the problem is we had been practicing for five weeks and the passing game was trash in practice because I couldn't throw the ball real well. In practice, because in practice, I wasn't going to get lumbed up every day in practice. It was going to be just that one-time deal. So it was basically about pain management in practice. And to be honest with you, trying to throw with broken ribs, not real fun. So the rhythm of the passing game got completely disruptive over the course of the five weeks leading up. So if I get, let's say, for Justin Fields, it's probably a little bit more beneficial is that it hasn't been that long which is shocking because you think the longer, the more time to recover. The be- No, the only way ribs are getting better is if you lay in your bed. It's the only way it's happening. So if you're up moving around, it's not going to be real comfortable, that's for sure. But the difference between Justin Fields and I is that he's a guy that wants to run. He gets hit on average 14 times a game, whether that's in quarterback carries, whether that's in sacks or quarterback pressures, 14 times a game, which is not a ridiculous amount, but it's decent. And for a guy that's coming off an injury and we don't know to what extent the injury has affected his body, it's something to be very cognizant of. But we'll watch it closely in the warm-ups, see if there's any limitations. But I would anticipate, based on what I've heard, that it was muscular. Therefore, I think he'll be able to play and play at a high level just fine. He did so in the, in the semifinal game after the rib injury. He made a lot of really difficult throws after the fact. So I think he'll be just fine. We talked about Jalen Waddle a minute ago, but Alabama has another guy in Devontae Smith who just won the Heisman Trophy. Last guy to do at the receiver position has been talked about over and over again is Desmond Howard. Um, what do you think Ohio State needs to do to, to figure out how to slow down Smith on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, I wish I, I wish I could give you a, a singular answer there because everything I've suggested with people have asked me this question all year long, Smitty's been able to hit the curveball. So, for instance, hey, don't give up anything over the top. That's what Notre Dame did. They said, just stay deep, stay deep, nothing over the top. Let this guy catch and run. 
and we'll rally up and tackle him. Well, I, I mean, first two plays of the game, I mean, first two catches he has, he almost goes the distance. I mean, takes a slant to the house, takes a bubble to the house. The guy's ridiculous. So, for whatever reason, and I don't, I can't really explain it. No one can tackle the guy. He's 170 pounds, he, and, and yet he's just so strong. And no one can catch him because he's just so dang fast. So I, I think the best way to, to, to try to take him away is it has to be with two guys. And, and it has to be with disguises pre-snap that talk Mac Jones, the quarterback for Alabama, out of looking his direction before the ball's even snapped. Because once it's snapped and he's got cushion, you're done. Because he's not only going to eliminate that cushion in the route, but he's going to set up defenders, and he's so well-studied in knowing tendencies that he's going to take advantage of whatever fundamental technique you throw at him. So I, I think he's the most complete receiver I've seen at the college level in a long time. He's just so polished. And if he were 6'5", 210, I don't know if he'd be as good. I really don't because usually that's what you covet in a wide receiver's length, size, speed combination, catch radius, all that stuff. But his ability to cut on a dime and create as much separation, twist his hips so effortlessly, it, it makes him so dynamic. He's like Marvin Harrison and Deshaun Jackson combined. And that's, I mean, those are two all-time receivers, I think, that are incredible. Marvin's in the Hall of Fame. And Deshaun's had a remarkable career. So I think he's those two guys blended into one, and it's one heck of a combination when you think of what those two guys bring to the game. Greg, how much validation will Ohio State deserve if they win this game tonight in the upset, considering a lot of people didn't think they belonged in the playoffs to begin? Well, I think there, there's still going to be a lot of pushback, Jay Will. You know, and then fair or unfair, they played eight games. If, if they win the championship tonight, that's the fewest – games the champions played since the 1940s. But I think anyone that's ever competed knows it's not like Bama at this point. We're talking about 18, 20-year-old kids. Are, are they a little bit beat up at the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, everybody is at the end of the season. But, like, to what extent? I mean, it's not like we're talking about 40-year-old people that don't recover real fast. I mean, these guys are going to bounce back pretty quickly. They haven't played in 10 days. And most of the time when they have played, they don't play for 60 minutes because they beat everybody by 30 points. So it's not like Bama, everyone seems to keep using the thing. Well, Ohio State's fresher. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, college kids are used to playing 15 games a year. This year, Bama will play 13, and I think they're going to be just fine. Granted, it's been all SEC schedule, and then, of course, against Notre Dame. But I, I, people will still push back at the fact that they made it in, given the fact that they didn't expose themselves as often as other teams. And oftentimes, with Ohio State, fair or unfair, they're going to have a dud performance or two. Those dud performances being a dud performance against the likes of Purdue, who beats them by 28 points, against Iowa, who beats them by 31 points in the regular season in the last handful of years. So I think it's a little bit low-hanging fruit. It's not like Bama's going to take it easy on Ohio State. If they win tonight, they are deserved national championships in my national champions in my eyes, but there will be a lot of people that still try to discredit their candidacy. And I, I think it's a little dumb and it's, and I, I think it's anyone that knows the game knows that's a little bit short-sighted. 
Okay, you are part of Nick Saban's first national championship at Alabama. How should we view him if he goes for his sixth at Alabama and his seventh overall if they win it? I don't think it changes anything, which is remarkable because I think he's already the best of all time. And people might disagree with that. Well, Bear Bryant. Well, uh, Urban Meyer. You know, or John McKay, whoever. It doesn't matter. Whoever the best coaches and depends on how you assess things. Some people even say Pete Carroll's the best ever because he was there such a short period of time and dominated at such a high level. So to me, he's the best ever to have done it at two different schools, which Urban Meyer has as well. And there's something to be accounted for there, but to do it in this era is pretty remarkable. Back when Bear Bryant and look, I understand how big I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I, I wasn't born in Greg. <laughs> wasn't born in. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I said any sports that happened before 1998 doesn't matter to me. Like that's I just full disclosure. Like that's the way I roll. I'm a millennial, so I, I it is what it is. I acknowledge it, and that's my cross to bear. But I'll say this: Bear Bryant. There's no one bigger than Bear in the state of Alabama. There's no one better than Saban. Bear Bryant did it in the era when they could have 12 quarterbacks on scholarship on the roster. They would quite literally go and get players just so they wouldn't sign at other schools, knowing they wouldn't play at Alabama. Like, they could have 400 scholarship players if they wanted to. And back in the day, there was only five or six programs that were being put on national television on a weekly basis. So how many teams could really win the national championship? Now, granted, yeah, there's not much parity in the sport now either, but I do think teams, more teams, have access to resources to put forth a competitive product with the television deals with that, with the conferences, with putting out 40, $50 million to each and every school, you're more capable of being competitive now, I think than in the past, but it's really, it's remarkable what Saban's done, the consistency. And it's not even so much guys, it's not even so much the championship performance, not the 26 wins against top five opponents, but how about this? He hasn't lost to an unranked team since 2007. 2007, and it was against Louisiana Monroe. That was his first year at Alabama, and he lost to Louisiana Monroe in the second-to-last game of the regular season. That was the last time he lost to an unranked opponent. So it's not just playing and getting his team to play well against great teams, but his, his ability to get the team ready to play at a high level against the teams that they're expected to beat. There's no complacency at Alabama, and I think that's something that truly defines his greatness. That's such a great point, and I just want to mention that there's a little bit of a fun fact tonight, too, that's kind of come out here over the last 48 hours. We'll see how much fun they have on the broadcast on radio and television, and that was Saban was actually an Ohio State assistant for a couple years in the early 1980s, (laughs) and it all comes full circle tonight on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Greg, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great day. Same to you. The bottom line, who will raise the trophy? Find yeah, out tonight. I don't disagree with him about Nick Saban at all. I mean, he's, as far as I'm concerned, greatest college football coach ever. I mean, he mentioned some hella names that was there, but, I mean, the guys got the chips to follow, and he continuously, just every time you look up, you know, it's number one recruiting class, number two recruiting class. I mean, it's just you go to Alabama – yeah, you can graduate and get a degree from Alabama, but chances of you going to the National Football League, if you stay healthy, pretty good. No Zubin, did you say eight of the 14 years he's been in Alabama, he's been in the National Championship game or Correct. just the CFP? Wow, that's not even the CFP, like just the CFP. Like 
the right. Final Four. Yeah, keep in mind but, the CFP started in 2014, but prior to that he BCS. had obviously played for the BCS National Championship. Yes. In fact, Greg was the quarterback of his first national championship team, which was in the BCS. And key to your point, if you ever go to Brian Denny Stadium in T-Town, Bear Bryant and Nick Saban are separated by just a few feet in terms of bronze statues, which they both have outside of the stadium. So once again, who will raise the trophy found out tonight, the college football playoff national championship presented by AT&T coverage begins at seven Eastern on ESPN radio and the ESPN app. Greg will be on the call with Sean McDonough. Last thing key. I'm so glad you mentioned Devonte Smith. I know he's a wide receiver near and dear to your heart. Not just the I Heisman like trophy. positions, man. <laughs> What's that? I like all positions that you do. Not just the Heisman <laughs> trophy winner, the Walter camp award winner, the Maxwell winner, and the Bolitnikoff winner, the latter given to the best wide receiver in America. Win or lose tonight, you are seeing one of the most accomplished and special players ever. Heisman, Walter Camp, Maxwell, Bolitnikoff, and maybe a national championship tonight. We are presented by Progressive Insurance as we move from A to Z. From the Bay to the A and everywhere in between, from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Merrill. Merrill Edge self-directed helps put investing within reach. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated registered broker, member SIPC. So you saw what the old 43-year-old man did on Saturday night, Tom Brady. You saw what the old 41, soon-to-be 42-year-old Drew Brees did on Sunday. Happy early birthday to Drew. He'll be 42 on Thursday. It sets up this weekend the first ever NFL playoff game that will feature two starting quarterbacks, 40 or older. You know what happened the first two times the Saints and the Bucks played this year. The Saints housed them twice. Season sweep. But Drew Brees knew matchup three was an inevitability. Key, this is it. I mean, it's a divisional round matchup. They met in Tom's first game of his Bucks career, and now they will meet in Tom's most recent game, Brady Brees. In the playoffs with the world watching Sunday night. Which old guy's age is going to show up first? That's the key, right? I mean, which one of these guys are going to wear out? I don't think either one. I think when you look at it, both got pretty good weapons. I like, though, New Orleans. And, yes, I love him because of my nephew. He's back. Kamara's back. I mean, they just look like a different football team with those guys on the field. So we'll see what happens this weekend coming up. No also, doubt. Zubin, Ronald Jones could be back in this matchup. He was out against the Washington football team with that quad injury, so that could be huge for them as well. Excellent. Keep an eye on that for the running game for sure. Again, that will be the fourth of four. No surprise, as America will have to wait, wet their appetite to get ready for Breeze and Brady Sunday night. Now, a story about a quarterback that is as talented as those two guys but isn't in the playoffs. Of course, that's Deshaun Watson. The team paid a search firm to find their new general manager – They came up with two candidates. The organization ignored those candidates, went out on their own, and hired Nick Casario away from the Patriots. That seemed to anger Deshaun Watson. Could he be on his way out and, believe it or not, on his way to South Florida? ESPN NFL insider Chris Mortensen says, here's how it could possibly go down. Brian Flores, uh, Chris Greer head coach, GM of the Dolphins. That's a preferred destination. How do you execute such a thing if it unfolded? And we have called this informed speculation uh, from somebody close to Washington, so we'll have to keep it like that. Uh, Well, Tua Tungavailoa was somebody that uh, we understand the Texans hold in high esteem. 
But we also know Houston needs compensation, so it would, it would have to involve a two-up plus some uh, more compensation for Houston because Deshaun Watson has established himself as a top-five quarterback. Wow, Key, the Dolphins in play. Well, it, it'd be good for the Miami Dolphins. There's no question about it. they got a good football team. They add a couple more pieces around Deshaun. Uh, and, and, you know, I would jump on it if I was Brian Flores and Greer, the general manager. I would jump on it in a heartbeat. What do you need? Let's talk. Let's talk compensation. Let's talk trade and try and get the ball rolling. I mean, when you think about it, Kyle McNair, who is the, the owner of the team who took over for his, his late dad and Bob McNair, who passed away some time ago, um, when you think about it, you put place the phone call into Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, he'll return your call and you can have a conversation in depth about his feelings and things of that nature. Um, but it may be a little too late, depending on how Deshaun feels. I mean, I don't know. He's on vacation. I don't know how he feels. There's so much speculation swirling around it. I do know that there are people inside the organization, outside of Deshaun, who's not happy with the decision in the direction in which the organization went in selecting a general manager after dealing out a couple hundred grand plus for a search firm that you went against their recommendation, which doesn't make any sense to me, but, you know, may- maybe they were told to hire the search firm and then in-, in-, in the end they said, you know what, we're not getting the information that we want back. We're going to hire somebody that we felt good about hiring in the first place. And maybe the search firm allowed them to interview minorities because they had to interview minorities before they decided to hire the individual Nick uh, Casario that they decided to hire from the New England Patriots. Doesn't smell good, let's put it that way. Doesn't smell good at all when they had a chance to hire, or or better yet, make a strong decision on Louis Riddick or Omar Khan, uh, who works for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Key, you and I both know, we both talk to people close to this situation that it, it comes down to, and you've said it multiple times, and I haven't had to say it because there's no need to say it, but I'll say it again because you've said it. When you have, foot, we have non-football people making football decisions, that's when things get very difficult. And look, they're waiting to talk to Deshaun Watson. It's not hard to pick up a cell phone and get a hold of Deshaun Watson if you have a good rapport with Deshaun Watson. And I will say this, if he does find himself down in South Florida – it, it, it puts them in that conversation for a chance to win a Super Bowl pretty soon. Are they missing a couple of pieces? Sure they are. But I'd much rather start with the top five quarterback and surround him with the pieces I need to find than not have a top five quarterback. And Tua Tungavaloa is, is a good young piece, but I, I give up what I need to get. I give up what I need to give in order to get to Deshaun Watson on the Dolphins football organization. I know the Dolphins feel that way, and I know a lot of Dolphins fans will feel that way in a heartbeat. Dolphins Not even are, a question. Dolphins aren't going to be the only team that gets in the play as this situation continues to unveil, Zubin. I'm sure the 49ers are sitting there chopping their lips. I'm sure the Denver Broncos, the New York Jets, they're all kind of, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're all kind of sitting around trying to figure out what the next steps are going to be. 
Yeah, last thing I would say with the NFL's push for diversity in the front office and on the sidelines, it is interesting to note that Corn Ferry, the search firm, came up with two minorities, as Key said, Omar Khan, Indian father, Honduran mother, and Louis Riddick, who's African-American, and both of them were bypassed. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is brought to you by Nature Valley. Feel the rush of a chilly morning, embrace the possibility of a perfect snack, and taste the crunch from 100% whole grain oats. Stay outside longer with Nature Valley oats and honey, crunchy granola bars. We are better outside On the way, how one seemingly innocuous drop dropped the Bears right out of the playoffs. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.